Welcome to Golf Better at Edwin Watts Golf. Episode 106. Hello everyone, my name is Tom Brissell. Thanks so much for joining us. Whether you're a first-time listener or a long-time subscriber to the show, either way, we are so glad you're with us. You know, the Open Championship is right around the corner, and very few have had the success that our guest has had at the Open Championship. He's a holder of 164 career wins, which makes him fourth all-time. Three of those which are Open Championships. Three more of those are Senior Open Championships. He also holds two career Grand Slams, one on the PGA Tour and the other on the Senior Tour. Who else but our good friend, everybody's favorite, Mr. Gary Player. Mr. Player, thanks so much for joining us today. Nice to be joining you and uh, look forward to talking to your listeners. The world traveler you are, I guess the first question is, where are you right now? Because you can really pop up anywhere. I'm in Philadelphia. You know we have 21 grandchildren, Tom, So of which uh, seven of them are up here in Philadelphia. I just flew over from London to see them. And then I'm going back uh, to watch Wimbledon and be at the Open Championship. We want to talk a lot about your uh, about your past in the Open Championship, but first, talk, tell the listeners a little bit about how you got started in the game as a as a young boy in Johannesburg. Well, my father worked in a gold mine, a very poor man, and he was a member of the local club because if you worked on a gold mine, you were allowed to play golf. So he took me out and played, and I had my first round of golf, and I fell in love with it. And thank goodness I did. And then I met my wife because she was the pro at the club's daughter. I met her. And then all my friends and my members of my club eventually got together and took up the collection to send me to the Open. And my father had an overdraft to buy my first hit of club because he saw some potential in my my game. And he realized that I was an animal as far as practice was concerned. So that's how I started. And turned pro pretty early, right? I turned pro at 17, much to my father's disgust. He wanted me to go on and complete university and try and get a degree. And I said, no, I wanted to be a golf pro. I'm going to be a world champion. And he sort of, oh, he was, he was, uh, quite, he was betwixt and between. He didn't know what to say. You don't want to discourage your child. But, um, I took the game quickly. I became a zero handicap in two years. And then, as I say, I turned pro 17, and there wasn't much money. What made me do it is only you get a guidance from above to to tell you what to do in your life, I think. And also, all these great championships that I won, I never take credit for it. It's always a gift that has been loaned to you. Well, to win those championships, you couldn't win them all in South Africa. You had to travel, and you had a pretty pretty large-sized family. Talk about the, the travel that you did. You were the really the first international traveler that the game's known. Having six children and traveling with them, you can imagine how difficult that was. The first flight from South Africa to America took something like 40 hours and four or five stops. No jet. Can you imagine? No disposable diapers. But it was wonderful there to have my family supporting me and sharing my experiences. It was a great education for my children, different cultures, different countries, different foods, different religions. And my wife was obviously a great wife and a great mother. And despite long fights, we had a lot of traveling, uh, fun traveling together, especially coming to the great country of the United States. And you had six children. You brought along a nanny and a tutor, so they were educated on, on tour, basically, correct? 
Yes, we didn't really have a tutor. My wife did most of that, but we had a nanny sometimes. But I wonder now, and I look back, how on earth did we ever do that? But, uh, you know, we were pretty resilient. And when you don't have any money, it's amazing what you can do. And so, you know, you had to watch your money. And this is something we all have to do now in our lives. Is watch it, we save, and we don't wait. Another thing you were known for, along with international travel, and, and still today, probably the most physically fit player on tour. Talk about how fitness came into your life and stayed with it over those years. Well, my brother went to war at 17 years of age to fight with the Americans and the British. And he stood there at 17. Can you imagine that? And he said, look, you want to be a professional sportsman? Promise me you'll exercise for the rest of your life, which I adhered to. I still do. I just was in the gym this morning. I did a thousand sit-ups. And I do all my other working out. And uh, uh, But Frank Stranahan and I were the first two to start it on tour. We were called nuts. We were called crazy people. You cannot do weight training and play golf. How it's changed is unbelievable. But uh, uh, then, of course, diet is, is a very, very important thing. I think the next, I always said that exercise with weight would be the next thing, and they said I was nuts, and now I'm saying that diet and food will be the next technology for athletes, and uh, they're already thinking I'm a bit of a nut saying that, uh, that at this stage. But working out gives you energy, stamina, and ability to play golf and work, whatever your job is, with a lot of energy. And, uh, you know, at my age, I'm nearly 76, I have unbelievable energy. And it's so important to teach the children and adults how to eat properly and incorporate exercise in their daily lives, Tom. Obesity is the biggest problem the world is facing right now. 30% of the American youth are obese and 55% of the population. If we want to stand our ground and be competitive in the world, everybody's got to make sure to have a work ethic. They've got to make sure that they watch what they eat. Don't get overweight. The thing that amazes me is one of my great frustrations in my life. Your health is the most important thing in the world, and I would say in a rough guess, one out of every thousand people really worry about health. Nobody really worries. They don't exercise, they overdrink, they oversmoke, they go to bed late, they eat all high-fat diets, and uh, eat, you know, they, they eat the white bread, and they, they just don't care. People just don't care. They Piled in the fast at breakfast. Nobody really cares. Uh, I, I, in fact, I'm being kind when I say one out of a thousand. Well, Mr. Player, the Open Championship is right around the corner. You know a lot about the Open Championship and the Senior Open Championship. Talk about your first win back in uh, 1959 at Muirfield. Well, I was 23 years of age. I was the youngest man ever to win the Open. At that stage, Balasiris came along and beat us. He was 22. And I traveled from America to go and practice there. And the secretary said, what are you doing here? I said, I'm coming to practice now. And I said, he said, no, you're not. This was at Muirfield. You're not allowed on this golf course. But anyway, I got very friendly with him. And he eventually let me practice. And I went on to win. You know, the British Open, you have tough conditions. It's a wonderful place for a young man to start his, his golf career. If I was a young boy on the American tour, a young man, I'd go over there and play my first year over there because it's a different game and it teaches you to really maneuver the ball. I had to learn to handle the pressure of becoming a major championship winner for the first time. I told the 
president of a golf company I represented in those days that I'd win the Open on the Saturday night. I was six behind. He said, you're crazy. How are you going to do that? Well, I did. And because I believed that I would win, I double bogeyed the last hole. I thought I might have lost it, but I ended up winning by two. But I didn't focus on the pressure of the situation. I focused how blessed I was to have a chance of achieving a dream to become a major champion and a desire to win more major championships. So the mind has so much to do with it. Uh, it's just incredible how the mind controls everything. Now you won two more in 68 at uh, Carnoustie, 74 at Royal Litham St. Anne's. How did you prepare differently for the Open Championship versus, say, if you were in the States or, or in South Africa? Well, I think you've got to get over there to play a tournament or two if you can in that kind of weather. And it's a different kind of game where, you know, you, you, you run the ball a lot onto the green and uh, you, you have to hit sometimes from 100 yards, you have to hit a little punch to find it. So it, it's a big adjustment, and I think you've got to give yourself time to get over there to get accustomed to those kind of conditions. Well, a couple of years ago, at almost 60 years old, Tom Watson almost pulled off the unbelievable. Did that surprise you at all? Well, that was uh, that was so unlucky because Tom hit as great a shot as a human being could hit, and how it went over the green, I don't know. Uh, he was really rough, but that would have been like. That would have been like Pele. That would have been like Pele coming back and winning uh, the World Cup soccer. I mean, that was... But that just goes to show, I've always been telling people that my Grand Slam win on the senior tour was better than my Grand Slam on the regular tour, and they think I'm crazy. But when you see a man like Tom Watson at nearly 60 years of age um, going ahead and should have won the Open, and then you saw Fred Pickles at the Masters, if he passed number 11 and he passed number 12 and he had a 7 and 8 on in his hand, he wins the Masters at the age 50. So the play on the senior tour is of an extremely high standard. Well, let's talk about those two career slams because I know those mean a lot to you. The, the PGA Tour Slam, you're one of only five golfers in history uh, to win that slam. Nicholas, Tiger, Sam Snead, Hogan, and yourself. And then, the, and then the senior slam as well. Talk about what those mean to you. Well, obviously, that's one's ultimate dream is to win the Slam. And uh, I had to win the U.S. Open to complete their Slam. I wanted to try and beat Nicholas to winning the Slam. And Nicholas was, was partly responsible for me winning because he said, come and practice with me at uh, Belle Reve in St. Louis. And I said, no, I can't afford that. I'm going to Greenbury. He said, no, come on, come with me. And he influenced me to go over there and practice with him. And I went on to win it which was a great thrill, and I made a promise to the USGA if I ever won the US Open, I'd give all my money back for junior golf and cancer, because my mother died of cancer. So it was a big thrill. But then to go along and win the the uh, senior Grand Slam, you know, to win it after 50, when you think I'm the only one in the world that has, has won the, 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 the international Grand Slam, that is with the British Open in there included, it's a, it's a really a great thrill to, to have done that. Uh, and to do it after the age of 50, and the reason is because I stayed fit. That's the reason that I did it. Fitness was the reason why I was able to do it. And there's a good message in that for people in the world, that if they want to continue with business and they want to be productive, if they stay in shape, and all Americans owe it to this great country to stay in shape 
and be productive for this country because you've got a lot of opposition in the world in China, India, and Brazil. Strong economies coming up, so if you want to maintain your standard of living, everybody's going to have to make sacrifices and work hard, and that's what you've got to do in golf to become a champion. Mr. Gary Player joining us. Mr. Player, you've got a great relationship with Callaway Golf and the our friend there, Tim Sweeney, told me that you're very instrumental in product testing. You fly out to their testing facility uh, each year because new products come out each year. Can you talk about what you go through out there with Callaway Golf, who you've got, like we said, a great relationship with? Um, I have a marvelous relationship with Callaway. What a company. And I first met Eli Callaway under the oak tree at Augusta. And I was so sorry that he never continued to live because he was a genius. He started out, he actually came out with the first most fantastic driver, the Big Bertha, and that took America and the world by storm. And uh, being associated with them is such a thrill because I go down there and I do a lot of testing at the Callaway driving range, Callaway Center, and it's so interesting to see all these new clubs come out and the new balls and the, the golf ball they have. Everybody raves about the Callaway Club, but the ball is so fantastic. The ball has a very nice feel around the greens, and yet it goes as far as any other ball. Very reliable, something that I never had when I played as a young man, or Arnold Jack and I, we had very, very unreliable golf clubs, golf balls. Now they have this new Razor driver, which is fantastic. In fact, all their drivers are fantastic. The golf balls, you get good spin, control, and increased distance. And the razor irons, without a question, are the, the latest razor irons I have are the best hit irons I've ever had in my entire career. And the hybrids, you know, particularly as you get older and with all these weekend golfers, they should never be using a five and a four and a three and a two iron. Um, I use these hybrids in the, and I can tell you that they are unbelievable. For example, if I hit a five iron with an iron, the ball goes lower. And, and if I'm in a divot, I've got to squeeze it out, whereas with a tie, you get out of the rough well, you're in a divot, if you're in a bunker on a fairway. I don't know, Callaway, with all their scientific methods, are, well, it's, it's actually a thrill to go there. It's always a great thrill. You're like a kid in a toy shop seeing all this great new equipment, and they keep bringing it out, which is just fascinating. And the thing is, it's giving the average golfer a great amount of joy. Yeah, Mr. Player, uh, Tim sent us out what's in your bag. You mentioned the hybrids. Uh, most people have one or two hybrids in their bag. According to him, you've got four, the two, three, four, and five Razor X hybrids. You can't get enough of those, right? <laughs> That's right. Won't be long before I've got a six iron as well. <laughs> Talk about the putter, Mr. Player, because you had your old faithful for years and years and years. Nice to hear you joke about her, but you've got the Odyssey putter in your bag. Talk about that. You represent a company. I'm a great believer in this, and I spoke to Callaway about it. You've got to have, if you're going to represent a company and take their money, you've got to be using every one of their clubs, irrespective of what model it is. But you've got to have a Callaway model. And others is something that you chop and change with. I use the Odyssey, and I've got an old milled butter, Callaway butter, like a, almost like an aluminum bronze butter face that I use from time to time. So, Putters, we do change, but the Odyssey Callaway, wow, what a putter that is. It's uh, been the, probably the greatest putter that's ever been there. 
And then I've got this new sand iron that Roger Cleveland, you know, always working with uh, on new clubs. I had a sand iron with a very thick flange. And then I just tried this new one uh, this last week. And honestly, it is just so, so good. And one must really, when using a sand iron, uh, make sure you have the right flange, and that's where you've got to see your pro, and you can, so the club doesn't stick in the ground. The club must go through and glide through the sand, and this new uh, sand iron is fantastic. And you have not only the uh, the sand iron, but the gap wedge in that in that line, and the 60-degree lob wedge as well, correct? Yes, I use the 60-degree. I use the 60-degree for the short bunker shot, and then I use the pitching wedge and the gap wedge for longer bunker shots. The hardest shot in golf is the long bunker shot when you're 30 yards from the green. And too many of the members automatically go in there with a sand iron. They should go in there with a 9-iron and play their bunker shot with a 9-iron. Don't when you're, when you're 30, 20, 30 yards from the green, do not use your sandwich. Mr. Player, as we close, it would be, uh, it would be wrong if we did not mention the legacy of golf that's come out of South Africa, beginning with you down to Ernie. Talk about some of those great players that are coming out of your country. Well, first of all, Bobby Locke won four British Open. And he came over here and he won seven out of 11 golf ones. Now went on to win all the major championships. And then Bernie Health, three major championships. What a beautiful golf swing he's got. And then we go to uh, Trevor Immerman who goes ahead and wins Augusta, unbelievable win. And then uh, Charles, uh, well, Louis Oosthuizen wins the, the Open Championship and just behaves so well. And then Charles Swartzel comes along and wins uh, the Masters this year also. All these guys behave so well. They keep their cool, uh, and they've done so well. And then Nicky Price also won three major championships, a great gentleman in golf. So all these guys are very, very well behaved and manners make us a man. And I'd be remiss if I didn't say something. I think probably the next Grand Slam winner, as long as he has the dedication, and that we, I don't know, should be Rory McElroy, because what I saw done at the Open that week, I've never seen anything like it. Mr. Player, this has been an honor having you with us. Thanks so much for taking the time. Safe travels as you jaunt around the globe back over the Open Championship, and it's been great memories. Thanks so much for joining us. Thank you, Tom, and take care. You too, Mr. Player. Thanks also to Tim Sweeney at Callaway Golf for helping put this together. And to you, our listeners, thanks so much for listening as well. And be sure to join us next time when we have another episode of Golf Better at edwinwattsgolf.com. So long, everyone.